Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada, and this podcast is a place where I talk about all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for the week, and I share my thoughts, my ideas, my learning around that topic. For the past few weeks, I have had a guest joining me on the podcast. I have loved having these amazing conversations with educators. I'm just so overjoyed that they wanted to join me and... I am looking for more people to come and join me on the podcast uh, to share topics or to talk about topics that they're really passionate or interested in. So if that sounds like you, make sure you reach out to me. You can always find me over on Instagram, but I have lots of other ways uh, you know, to reach out to me in the show notes. Uh, so hopefully I will have some more people on the podcast in the next few months. I'm really excited. I'm just like so happy that I got to talk to somebody else instead of, you know, um, being by myself in my office and talking into a microphone and not getting that immediate like feedback and conversation with somebody. So I'm really uh, looking forward to having more guests on for this week. It'll just be me. I'm going to be talking about something that I have tried out for the first time this year and it has worked like exceptionally well. So I thought it would be something that I could share with my audience if this is something that you would like to try out with your students. What I am sharing with you today is by far not a new concept in any way. Lots and lots of people have talked about this before, have even talked to me about this before, uh, have been doing this for years. It is just something that I was ready for in my practice and that I was able to incorporate into my practice. This doesn't mean that everybody has to go out and do it immediately. Of course, I've been doing this for like nine years and it is now just becoming a part of my practice, but it is something that has worked so well that I thought I would share I have been doing three-day interactive read-alouds with my students. I'll explain a little bit more about like what I do, but of course, um, doing read-alouds, interactive read-alouds, three-day read-alouds, or however many days some people do five-day read-alouds is not something that I am claiming as my own idea or something that is new, of course. It is something that has been going on for years. You know how like the cycle of education, like things come into favor. I know that this was in favor years ago. I know that there have been people that have been doing this for years. Uh, SLPs, a speech and language pathologists, have been talking about it in my school board for a really long time. Uh, I've had them come to my classroom and show me how it's done. It's just that it takes a lot more planning and involvement in, you know, take getting a book and planning out your three-day or five-day read aloud uh, than it does just like picking up a book and reading it at the end of the day. I think that, you know, as long as you're reading books, I think that's totally whatever you're capable of doing right now is totally valid. But um, adding this extra element in, though it does take me a little bit of time to plan, has had some very like major, like a very big impact on my students and my teaching. And so I want to make sure that I'm not taking credit for this, of course. Uh, I have a few different places that I have looked to to help me when I am planning these three-day read-alouds, and I'll talk a little bit about that, but then I will go into exactly what that looks like. 
So uh, it all started when I read an article over on Reading Rockets. If you're ever looking for anything having to do with literacy, this is a complete aside, but if you're ever having to look for anything for literacy skills or like understanding part of your structured literacy program, anything for your classroom, this is the place to go. This article was on Reading Rockets. I love that website. There are so many different um, articles and like there's a course on there. There's so many things. It's so rich with information. The Reading Rockets website is a fantastic place to start. But I read an article. I just happened to read an article on there called Repeated Interactive Read Aloud in Preschool and Kindergarten. I will link that in the show notes for you. And once I read that, I wanted to try it with my students. My biggest thing is I will try things with my students. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And then we move on with our lives. But I wanted to try it to see how it would work with my students. And once I tried it, I was like, oh boy, this is working very well. And I would like to make this a part of my practice. So I have been doing it for a few weeks now. I've done quite a few books with my students. I try to pick a book um a week sometimes it goes into the second week if we don't have a chance to read it three times in one week but i usually am able to read one book over and uh, reread it for three days in the in, in one week and i have a whole plan that's laid out i have something that i write my notes onto before i start reading but that article is really where it sparked my whole journey. Not a re- it's not really a journey, <laughs> but my interest in doing this, I guess. I also was reading texts called um, The Rebellious Read Aloud by Vera and uh, Ahaya. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her last name wrong. That is a great source of books and a starting point for if you want to pick books for your classroom and want to, you know, dive into the bigger themes in each of the books. The same thing with The Ramped Up Read Aloud by, by Mariah P. Walter, I think it is. Uh, Those two books are a great source of information and helping guide you if you are planning to do something like this. So that's where I got kind of my inspiration to get this started. I tried it back at the beginning of October or maybe the end of September. And ever since then, like my students are excited when they find out which book I'm going to be reading. I explained to them, like we're going to be reading a book, this book three times. And every day I say, okay, we've read it one time. This is going to be our second time reading it. And then we're going to read it a third time. They know that we're reading it three times. So it's not like they're, I was worried that we'd be like, oh, we already read this. I don't like it. I don't want to read it three times. Why are we reading the book over and over again? I was worried that they were going to come into it negatively and be um, not upset, but like push against reading the same book three times. But no, not at all. They get very excited to find out which book we are reading three times. And then if it's one of the other days where I'm not reading that book, because usually there's five days a week and we only read this book for three days, I'll pick a different book to read and they'll be asking me like, are we reading this one three times? And I'll say, oh no, this one is just for the one time. And they get really excited to find out which books we're doing for our our three-day interactive read aloud. And so the excitement around it for my students, something that I was worried about, has not been a problem at all. They get very excited 
reading it on the third day as much as they were on the first day. They never seem to get bored of reading the same book three times and they take something new from it every time. Part of that is in my planning, but part of that is also, you know, they get to read the same book three times. So the first time they're really like, you know, taking in the words and trying to understand the text. And by the third time, when they're really acquainted with the text, you know, the bigger thinking, the bigger ideas start coming out and they're able to process it and, you know, share some deeper, deeper thoughts with it. So my initial hesitation around doing a book three times uh, has been completely off base and has been of zero concern. <laughs> I've also made sure I've picked some like really rich texts when I'm picking out the book. So I think also just picking interesting books is part of the process. So basically my three day uh, interactive read aloud for me starts with a really good book. I go through books. You can go to your school library, your local library, your own bookshelf. Uh, you can visit other classroom teachers. Just finding really rich texts is probably the most important and hardest part of this whole thing. You need to make sure you're finding a text that has, you know, rich meaning behind it that you can ask really meaningful questions with for your students, but also has rich vocabulary words embedded into it as well. I like to pick themes that, you know, are on the bigger themes, like um, a Robert Munch book really silly and fun and it sometimes has some great vocabulary words and maybe you're able to get some deeper meaning out of it but that could be just a one day read aloud you know like Robert Munch books are funny they ha they serve their purpose I love a good Robert Munch book but when I want to get a really deep text and get some really great meaning from it I might not pick a Robert Munch title for that purpose instead I will go for my books that have bigger themes about you know being different I the first one I did for this I'm pretty sure this is the first one I did was a book called Awesomely Emma and it's a book about a girl that has limb differences so talking about it had uh, talking about accessibility and uh, you know talking about not um, treating the girl who has limb differences any differently than her peers, you know, all of those major themes that go along with somebody with limb differences was in this book. And the amazing conversations that came out of it for my students and that, you know, we still come back to those conversations uh, like months later, you know, I think that's the kind of text that you're looking for. I have been sharing over on my Instagram the different books that I have picked for this and I'm always looking for new text. I have an amazing teacher librarian at my school who always shares amazing new books with me. I look over on Instagram finding new books. There's some amazing um, children's bookstagrammers. I think they call themselves bookstagrammers that share like really important books that, you know, have unique perspectives and show students um, some big themes. So finding those rich books is probably the hardest part about all this, because once you have your book, the planning for it doesn't take that long. I did um, all the books for the month of October in about not even a one hour time span. I planned out all the books I was going to use in um in one hour for October and I had written out the plans for each of them. So I use a template just to make my life easier. My type A brain needs a bit of a template, but I just created one on Google Docs. Basically it's two pages on 
one page it has the book title and then it has the vocabulary words that I want to highlight for my students. I pick vocabulary words again that are very rich. Um, I pick up to 10 within a book and it can also be books that, um, not books, it can also be words that describe the book. Uh, I like to pick a variety of words that students will be able to learn and understand. I also look up definitions for the word so I'm not kind of scrambling in the moment to define the word. I just, you know, Google kids dictionary and I, um, I just pick a, a kid-friendly definition for each of the words uh, that I'm going to do. And I just write that out for myself on the on the front page of my three-day picture book reading plan that I've created for myself. Again, this is uh, a Google Doc that I created. You're able to see it over my Instagram. I share every week which book I'm doing and I share the three-day picture book read aloud that I'm doing. So you can see the vocabulary words that I've chosen. You can see the definitions and all that kind of stuff. So make sure if you're not following me over on Instagram, you go over and do that. I'm also thinking about creating some kind of post on my blog where I um, assemble all of these together because I write these by hand. They're, they're not like saved to my computer because I very much like to write them by hand. I don't know why. I like to do a lot of stuff on my computer. For some reason, these three-day plans, I love to write them out. I, it's just part of the process, I guess. But I do share pictures of them, and I'm trying to think of a way to post them onto my blog to make it easy for me to just keep updating it with all the new ones I do. So if you don't already follow me on Instagram, this is my like little push to make sure you are following me on there so that you get to see which books uh, I do each week. I was also doing a giveaway of some of the books that I I'm reading. So uh, yeah, it's just a great way to see the books that I'm doing and see the plans. So that's the front of the page. I share, I write down the vocabulary words and the definitions for those vocabulary, vocabulary words. And then on the flip side of the page, uh, that's where I break down day one, day two, and day three of the interactive read aloud. The first day, and this is all outlined, and I would highly suggest before um, you jump right into this, you read the Reading Rockets um, article that I will link in the show notes. There are also lots of other articles, but definitely that's the one that I started with. But um, on the first day, I introduce the book to my students. So I'll give a little summary of what the book is about. I'll talk about some of the different themes. I'll talk about who, who the main character is, what's the problem that they encounter. And so I, I prep my students for what they're about to listen to. I find that this has come a long way in helping their understanding of the book. Like if you just jump into a book and you don't kind of explain what the book is about, their brains are still trying to latch on to, you know, what are, what are, what is this book about? What's, what's the problem in this book? They're trying to like understand it. Whereas I found that since I've started prepping them and telling them ahead of time what the book is about, and then let's see what's happening in this book, then they seem to be able to, you know, get deeper meaning from it a lot easier. At least that's been my experience with this class. And, um, it's been a really kind of great way for me to have some amazing conversations with my students. So day one, before I read the book, I introduce the book to my students and I talk about any vocabulary vocabulary words that they must know in order to understand the book. Uh, that way, when we encounter it, the few, like if it's repeated so many times in the book, uh, we were talking about, you know, I read the book all sorts with my students last week and sorting was one of the like 
one of the vocabulary words of course we had talked about sorting but i reiterated what sorting meant before we jumped into the book just to make sure we were all on the same page so day one it's a book introduction i give a synopsis of the book i talk about the main character the problem we talk about any major vocabulary words that we need to know. Uh, I look at the cover and I ask them what they notice about the cover. I do any things like that. I talk about the author, the illustrator. And then we read the book together, again, highlighting any vocabulary words that we come across within the text. And then after reading the book, I I write down um, some why questions that I want to ask my students. This is the part that I don't necessarily always stick, stick to 100%. Because there are some amazing conversations that just come up organically with my students that, you know, sometimes my why questions are just not as important (laughs) and we can have some really great conversations. And so I do write down some why questions for day one. If I get to them, fantastic. If I don't get to them, fantastic. It's just one of those things that I uh, like to be prepared for, but I don't necessarily have to stick to. So that's just day one, easy peasy. And then we uh, finish our day. Usually I read a book at the end of the day. We finish our day together. And then the second day we read it again. I usually try to give them an opportunity to tell me what they remember about the book. Do you remember who the main character is? Do you remember what problem they had? And then once they you know, try to think back and remember what they can remember from the previous day. Then I give the the synopsis or the the summary from the day before, again, before we read the book. Um, I go through who the main character is, what the problem is. We might look at the cover again. We might talk about the job of the author, the illustrator. This past week, I talked about the spine of the book and we looked at why there's the spine of a book and why it's important and all those kinds of great stuff. So then I read the book again and then I also highlight the vocabulary words one more time when when I'm reading. I really want to make sure that they have a deep understanding of those vocabulary words. And then at the end, I ask some more questions of my students. I don't necessarily stick to these questions. (laughs) It's not necessary um, for me to have to ask them, but they are there in case I want to have those deep conversations with my students and they need a little bit of a push to ask questions about the text. These are why questions or what would happen if questions. And yeah, again, we finish our day together and off they go. It's really on day two, you get to have some much deeper conversations with your students. They seem to like have developed a deeper understanding of the text and are taking in a lot more information. And uh, I know I get interrupted a lot when I'm reading the books because my students get very excited about sharing. I know my brain, like whenever I get interrupted in the middle of saying something, I completely forget what I was about to say. So I do practice with my students. Like, how can you show me you're making a connection? And then they link uh, two fingers together to show me like that they're, they've made a connection to the text. I've practiced like raising your hand just so I know, um, it's great to develop that excitement around reading book. It just, I my brain goes like blank if I get interrupted and I have no idea where I am in the book anymore. And I've explained that to my students, like you can't interrupt me because then I have no idea what I was saying. So we've just been practicing different ways that they can show me that they've made connections. And then I also explained to them like, 
there's some great ideas and I love hearing all about your amazing ideas, but we can't stop every second word when you have something you want to share. Like we have to read a few pages and then we can talk about the few pages that we read because literally I have students that will, you know, interrupt me every every second word. They have something that more they want to share, something else they've noticed, which is fantastic. But in a group of like 25, 30 students, you know, you, you can't be constantly interrupted when you're reading a book. So we are working on, you know, saving those connections, you know, thinking about deeper connections and giving everybody a turn to have a voice. And so uh, that's all a process of this book of this book reading journey. And, you know, it's something that the students are learning alongside me. Then in, so we've done day one and day two. And then in the article, the Reading Rockets article, they suggest um, taking a break for one or two days before reading it for the third time. Uh, sometimes I have the opportunity to do that. And some weeks, you know, it's just not happening. <laughs> I know that there's just some shorter weeks that get really busy and we just don't have time to, you know, take a two, three day break before we read it for the third time because it's already Friday and I just need to read it for the third time because I want to read a different book the next week or, you know, it's a long weekend or whatever the case may be. Um, so sometimes, some weeks I'm able to take a day or two break between the second and third reading and some weeks, you know, it's just not possible and I am okay with that. And, you know, you do what you got to do and that's just part of it. At least I'm doing something, you know, even if it's not perfect, at least I'm trying it. So on the third day, um, usually I don't have anything written on my plan for the third day because I like to see where the um, readings have taken us. So on the third day, it's the students' turn to identify the problem, solution, to recall the title, the main character, all that kind of good stuff. I ask them before we start reading, you know, tell me about this book. Who's the main character? What problem do they have? What's the title of the book? How do they solve this problem? All that good stuff. And then they get to retell the story to me. Then we read the book for the third time. And this is where I thought my students would be like so unbelievably bored, but they notice even more once you read it for the third time. They start noticing like the little things that you might not have noticed when you were just quickly reading it the first time. They really have developed a connection with the characters and the text, a deeper connection with the characters and the text. And they're able to, you know, answer deeper questions about it. This is why at the end of the book, I usually have more of a discussion with my students about the book. I, I ask them to share their connections. I ask them to share their thoughts and feelings about the book. And I don't usually have questions written down for this because I really want to take it um, when my when we're having those conversations and I really want to be, you know, um, supporting the conversations that they want to have about the book. And I think that's important too. You want to honor their voice and the questions that they have about the text as well. Um, I also ask them after we finish reading the book and, you know, it's the last time we're reading it. At the end of it, I ask them what they thought of the book. So um, I've talked to them about this on numerous occasions. Like, you don't have to like every single book that I read. I don't like every book that I read. And so we have books that are our favorites, just like we have food that are our favorites or activities that are our favorites. There are some things that we like better than others and that's okay. 
Um, so I give them a rating system. So a thumbs up means I like this book. A thumbs sideways means it was so-so. Or a thumbs down means it just wasn't for me. And we never say we don't like something and or we never say that, you know, everybody has to like it or not like it. Everybody has different opinions. And so we always talk about saying it's just not for me. And so they get to rate the book that they've read and decide whether, you know, it was a book that they really like it was so-so or just not for me. And usually I have all mostly thumbs up. I have some sideways and I have a few thumbs down every once in a while. And that just helps me gauge like, okay, if it was a lot of thumbs down, maybe this book is just not on a theme that we have enjoyed as a class. But even if kids didn't like the book as we read it, like they never you know, tune me out or stop paying attention. They still pay attention to it. It's just might not have been on a topic that they particular, particularly enjoyed. And that's the summary of my three-day read aloud that I do with my students. Again, this is just a document that I made up quickly in a Google Doc with a table. I will share some pictures over on my Instagram of what these three-day interactive read-alouds have looked like for me, what the, the summaries are for the books that I have read. I've read quite a few, and I can give you a quick breakdown of the ones that I have done so far, just because they were such rich texts that worked so well in the classroom and were, be, were able to give us some really um, deep conversations about uh, vocabulary words and uh, you know, the text that we were reading. So the first one, oh yeah, this is the first one I did. I thought it was awesomely, Emma. It was called Everywhere Wonder by Matthew Swanson. That one worked really well with my students. They really enjoyed reading that book um, three times and it led to some building and some talking about uh, things uh, like structures around the world. And so Everywhere Wonder was the first one. And then we read... Um, Awesomely Emma, uh, written by Amy Webb, which was another great book for some deep discussions. Then we read Binny's Diwali by Thriti Umrigar. Uh, my students really loved Binny's Diwali. They must have talked about Diaz and Diwali for weeks after we read that book. They really enjoyed it. And then we read A Wee Boo by Jessica Boyd. That was another fun little one that they really uh, made connections to and enjoyed. And then the latest books that we read is a book called All Sorts by Pippa Goodhart. And so those are the ones that we've done so far. I have another one ready for this week. I cannot remember the author off the top of my head, but I think it's called A Girl and a Wolf or The Girl and a Wolf, something like that. But I will be sharing it over on my Instagram this week. It's a great story by an Indigenous author um, about a little girl who gets lost and then she finds a wolf friend who helps her recognize her strengths and helps her find her way back to her home. Uh, I'm really excited to do some follow-up activities with my students, some retelling. Um, I want to move into, you know, retelling the story with my students now that they've kind of have a deeper understanding of text and are able to use their oral language skills to retell stories. And so that's the next one that I'm moving into. I also have a few more that are already planned out. I kind of have them on a pile on my ledge and I just have the papers that I write for them, the, those little planned papers. I kind of fold them and put them on the in the inside of the books so that when I'm ready to use them, they're just ready to go and I can just pull the page out and start um, reading with my students, which is really fantastic. 
But yeah, let me know. Is this something that you do with your students? Have you ever tried doing this with your students? Is there a reason why you don't do it with your students? Is is there something that has stopped you from doing it or you've tried it and then stopped doing it completely? Let me know. I'd love for you to reach out to me over on my Instagram. Again, there's other ways to reach out to me, including like email and stuff. I'll put that all in the show notes. I'd love to hear your experiences around this. Is this something that is brand new to you or you've heard about it for years like I have, but maybe you just haven't had the opportunity to take it on in your own practice as of yet? Is this something that you want to try? Why? Why not? Let me know. I'm really curious. I cannot be the only one. Definitely, I'm not the only one that that does this. And I really want to know other people's experiences with that with it as well. Like what has worked, what has not worked. What books have you found have been really impactful with a three day uh, interactive read aloud? Reach out to me. I'd love to have a conversation with you about this. And I want to thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. If you are not following me already, make sure you follow the podcast so you get to you get a notification whenever I put out new episodes. If you have not already rated the podcast, I think you can do that on different podcasting platforms. You can give me a rating. Make sure you do that. It just helps the podcast get out to more people. If you do enjoy listening to me ramble on about different kindergarten topics, share this podcast with other educators who love uh, listening to podcasts as well. I also want to throw a note out here. This has nothing to do with the podcast, but talking about podcasts that you want to share with people. I was listening to the podcast Sold a Story over the weekend. It is about, you know, balanced uh, literacy approach and the reading wars and um, you know, how Mary Clay and Lucy Calkins and uh, what is the publishing company? I'm just blanking on the name. Fontes and Pinnell um, published all of this work around balanced literacy and the queuing system and how it wasn't necessarily based in research or best practice. And so it is called Sold a Story. And I binge listened to all of the episodes. There's five episodes out so far. I binge listened to all five episodes over the weekend and it was fantastic. It's an American public media podcast called Sold a Story. If you are a kindergarten educator or an educator just in general who teaches literacy to your students, who teaches reading skills to your students, It is a good listen and something that I think has a very important message for educators to listen to. I will say that I do not fault educators at all for, you know, the guided reading approach, LLI, benchmark, um, all those kinds of things. Once you listen to it, if you don't know what it's about, but once you listen to it, I don't fault educators for this at all. I definitely fault the authors and the publishers who said that their practices were evidence-based when they truly were not. And so 100% not on educators at all. I think there's other people that really need to be held accountable for their actions, but definitely have a listen to that podcast, but also share my podcast with other educators as well. That was a complete tangent. And I hope you have a great day. And yes, please reach out to me. Tell me about your experiences with, you know, three-day, five-day interactive read-alouds.